Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Duck TV podcast for the week. My name is Pierre Weil, and today I'm co-hosting with Mario Ponce. On episode eight, we will be touching on a couple topics, including last week's game against Stanford and this week's game against Washington State. So just to start out, how are you doing, Mario? Yeah, well, uh, great to be here, Pierre. I'm so excited to talk about all these interesting topics and obviously talk about Oregon football, which is something that I think we're all really excited about. So uh, first of all, I just think that it was great to start the season with a win, always, even with all of the uncertainty of COVID and the schedule and everything. I think it's just great to, you know, start with a win and start with confidence, I guess. Yeah, 100%. I was just excited to see Pac-12 football again. I've been seeing too much SEC and ACC football for my liking. Uh, so I figured to start out, we could talk about last week's primetime game up against Stanford. So despite starting the season ranked 12th, there were a lot of questions surrounding the Ducks with the offensive line leaving and Herbert obviously going pro. So figured we could talk about that. Oregon did win the game 35-14, and I wanted to start off talking about Tyler Shuck, the new quarterback. What do you think of him? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, first of all, it's just a little weird to see someone else other than Justin Herbert as the Oregon starting QB, but obviously, I mean, he's doing really well as a pro, and it's really exciting to see some of, like, the changing of the guard, obviously, because, I mean, I think that Cho did well in the game. I, I don't I honestly don't know so much about football to like really compare the two as players, but I think that he did really well, obviously with his touchdown. I think that he did a good enough performance and we got the win. So I have no complaints about that. Yeah, definitely. I was, uh, as we talked about on the Dylan talked about on the podcast last week, previewing the game, we didn't actually know who the starting quarterback was going to be until right before the game. So a little surprising that, Mario Cristobal waited that long, but Chuck went 17 for 26 with 227 yards. Looks good throwing the ball, but what surprised me and impressed me the most was his running ability. He ended up scrambling quite a few times, including an impressive one for a touchdown, and he ran for 85 yards. So I just really liked how he was able to stay confident in his game, and his athleticism was something that really surprised me because we saw some running from Herbert last year, but I think it'll be nice to have Shuck who seems more comfortable and confident doing that. Yeah, totally. I guess this is just kind of a different style of football. You know, a lot of people talk about how, for example, a lot of young QBs seem more of running backs than quarterbacks. And I actually don't think that's accurate just because like, Throwing is still such a big part of the game. But it's definitely, as you say, it's very exciting to see like a quarterback that can really move with the legs. But still, I guess I would like to see him a little bit more with the arm just because like that's still such an essential part of the game. But I guess that it was really exciting. Like, as you said, he scrambled for a touchdown. Like, he, his touchdown was on the ground. And I guess that's like just a different type of duck football. But it's really, it's really cool to see how the change of the position has been. And I also think with regards to Cristobal not really announcing the QB with anticipation, I guess that the 
QB battle is still very important and very interesting. But I think that Shaw has demonstrated, at least for now, that he is good enough to stay as the starting QB. Yeah, I agree, definitely. And I like how you talked about a different look on offense, and that flows nicely into what I wanted to talk about next, which is our new offensive coordinator, Joe Moorhead. Moorhead was the head coach at Mississippi State for the last couple of years, and before that he got a lot of recognition as Penn State's offensive coordinator with Saquon Barkley. And I just wanted to see how you thought the offense looked. Again, you said it looked a little differently, not only with Shuck, but few downfield play calls. I liked the way he trusted the offensive line. It's good. We mentioned we lost, Oregon lost about six, I think it was, of their offensive linemen to either the draft or opt out. So entirely new offensive line, but Joe Moorhead trusted them and ended up rushing the ball 40 times for almost 270 yards. Yeah, I mean, of course, I think that it is really good to see that, like, even with all of these changes, as you say, a lot of uh, a lot of players going pro or, or skipping the season, I guess it is just very cool to see that, like, the team has been able to adjust to that reality. And I guess that it was a really interesting game as far as how the place looked. Again, I, I kind of felt like maybe there should have been a little bit more of a balance between passing and rushing. But I guess that as long as the Ducks are playing well and they're winning, that's not really a negative. It's just kind of like a thing about their game. So if it's really going to become like a passing, like a rushing team, I'm sorry, I guess that's a really good thing. It's just different. They're different from a much more pass-centered offense last year. But again, I think that that's just kind of like the evolution of the game. And it's interesting to see that the that Moorhead, the offensive coordinator, coming from different uh, divisions, from different conferences in college football, I guess it's just going to be interesting to see how he adapts to Pac-12 and all of our opponents there. Yeah, I think think he'll definitely start to open up Tyler Shuck more as the season goes on, but I definitely liked what he did in the first game because you have an inexperienced quarterback who is in his first start and then on the other side, you have a lot of experience at the skill positions. So C.J. Verdell ran all over Stanford, and he is an experienced player. And then the skill positions at wide receiver, you have Johnny Johnson, Jalen Red, Micah Pittman. So I liked the way he called the game. It, was, it, it made Tyler Shuck feel comfortable, and that's what you want to have when you have a young quarterback with inexperience. It's his first start. It's He's top 25. He hasn't played in a long time. So I think getting the run game going was a smart decision. I think hopefully he'll try to open Shuck up a little more this week or as the season goes on. Yeah, of course. So something else that I think is interesting about the game. Now, I think that also we've been talking a lot about the offense, but I think we should also talk a little bit about the defense because that's also like a really essential part of all of, football play obviously as we know a lot of good important ducks have either gone pro like Troy Dye or opted out of the season like Javen Hollett and Brady Breeze so obviously as well there's still a little bit a lot of adjustments and a lot of transformation from last year but I think that they did really well and actually I think that they did uh, perform good in keeping Stanford 
you know, to only 14 points. Yeah, I agree. There was definitely some some rust on the defense when you lose their leaders like Troy Dye and Brady Breeze. Those were real rocks on the defense. So they're going to have to rely heavily on some new talent or, you know, Noah Sewell, Penny Sewell's younger brother is a freshman. He is an absolute beast. So they're going to rely on him. They do have a couple experienced guys. Kayvon Thibodeau looked good. They did give up almost 200 yards rushing. There were a few long pass plays, but I think overall they did well, what I call bending but not breaking kind of football. So Stanford got to the Oregon side of the field a lot, especially in the first half. But once they got there, they couldn't do much. They ended up being four for 13 on third down. Ducks did get a little lucky. Jet Toner, great name, kicker for Stanford. Didn't do too well, ended up 0-4. So overall, I think there was definitely some rust and there's going to be some adjustment with some new leaders. But I think it was it was a good start against a, a well-coached Stanford team. Yeah, I totally agree. Something else that I think maybe could have been a little bit better about the Ducks play is that there were no sacks, you know. Obviously, like, I remember last year that sacks were an important uh, part of the defensive system that Oregon had, and I think that now is important if the team really wants to be competitive with other important uh programs in the conference is to really step up in that regard because obviously this is a conference with a lot of very talented teams and a lot of very talented QBs and if we don't press them then they could do some real damage to to our defense. I also think that it is interesting that starting Stanford QB David Mills was out with COVID. I think that's kind of really bad luck on Stanford part and kind of lucky on us but I guess it is just wishing him you know speedy recovery and you know getting back to playing is like what we all want um and I guess yeah that's the important part of that yeah I was seeing Davis Mills out it's definitely rough you don't ever want your opponents to be not at 100% um but I agree with with backup quarterbacks in and they even split time at quarterback a little bit I think you you want to see the defense pressure them more. And especially those were two pretty immobile quarterbacks. So not having any sacks and then also no takeaways. We know the offense shook through an interception. I thought he recovered well from it, which is good. And then Habibi Likio had a very strange fumble where he tripped and fell and the ball just popped up. But I think going forward, those are two big things, winning the turnover battle and getting some pressure on quarterbacks that, the defense can definitely work on. Yeah, of course. I mean, I guess that obviously, like, nobody's perfect and there were a lot of things to fix or sort of take an important look at in this game. But there were also a lot of positives. I mean, obviously, confidence and tone setting are a really big, big part of it. And I guess that just, like, setting the tone is kind of an important thing. And now that we've talked a little bit about Stanford, we can maybe talk a little bit more about Washington State and what's coming up. I guess that it is very interesting because, like, obviously Washington State is a very uh, traditional Oregon opponent, and it is always such a fierce rivalry. And, of course, last year's game came down to a Camden Lewis game-winning field goal, so very tight game, very close affair. And I guess it is just very interesting to see how this game develops. 
Yeah, definitely. Last last game's year gave all Duck fans a little bit of a heart attack. Um, Washington State's always played Oregon very close, but this is a very different team, very different Washington State than last year. If people have been following them, Mike Leach, their head coach, left for Mississippi State, actually took over for Joe Moorhead, a little bit of interesting facts there. They lost a few of their receivers to graduation. Their new head coach, Nick Rolovich, coaches the game very differently than Mike Leach. Mike Leach passed the ball almost 80% of the time last year for Washington State. So the Ducks game plan is going to have to be a little different, but I think what we talked about with getting pressure and getting turnovers is going to be important because Anthony Gordon, who was Washington State's quarterback last year and threw for almost 5,600 yards, which is second only to Joe Burrow, he graduated. So they have a new freshman quarterback, Jaden Delora. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the Ducks defense, who we just talked about, is a little inexperienced. They lost a few leaders. Is going to look up against a freshman quarterback. Yeah, I mean, of course, I guess that it is very interesting to see, obviously, like um, Wazoo, as, as we say, uh, plays very differently from Stanford. So obviously, it is very important to take a look. It's also uh, noteworthy to say that in the first game of the season, Washington State beat Oregon State, you know, the battle of the uh, blank state university schools between Washington and Oregon. And it is very important to say that the way Washington defeated Oregon State, Washington State defeated Oregon State, is sort of a telling picture of what happened in the Oregon game. I mean, Washington State really stifled Oregon State's rushing game. And if we are going to depend, this new offense is going to be very rush heavy, then that's going to be an important thing to look at because if sort of Washington State is able to neutralize that aspect of the game, is it's important for Oregon to sort of like be able to step up. And I guess, I guess that that's just like a good transition to how I think that the Oregon game plan should be maybe a little bit more of passing also like really trying those runs just because Washington State performed well in defending against those in the previous game doesn't mean that we shouldn't try and I just think that just give show confidence and give him the ball and say hey show us what you can do yeah definitely I think the run game could be a little tougher Washington State only allowed 3.9 yards per carry against Oregon State again very different rushing attack than Oregon but Allowing 329 yards passing, that was Washington State allowed that. So I think Joe Moorhead should definitely look to open up Shuck a little more. Again, it's his first away start, but as of October, Washington State said there'll be no fans at their game in Pullman. That might have changed, but that should help Shuck in his first away start and should help him calm down. And And I think they should look to to let him throw a little more and a lot of quick, easy throws. This is what Oregon does really well. They did it a lot last year, a lot of swing passes and get the ball to your experienced skill players with blockers out in front. I think that should be a big thing early. And then if Shuck gets comfortable, if the offense gets rolling, then look for the occasional deep ball. Yeah. I also think that maybe we should like 
in defense, we should also keep in mind that they also have a sort of an experienced QB. I mean, they have a freshman QB, so obviously there's kind of like it's going to see a battle of which QB is sort of better adjusted to college life and importantly to COVID college life because obviously this is not like earlier years. I guess that it has to be recognized that sort of like the way that this season and this school year has been very different from previous is noteworthy and affects football. And I also think that it is important to note that um, the offense of Washington State is very different from last year, obviously, as we know, the coach change and the new coach, Nick Rolovich, is a very different system. So now we have to take that into account in regards to building a defensive game plan. Yeah, I agree 100%. Definitely a very different offense than last year, but also a very different offense for the Ducks to go up against than last week. You talked about a little bit. Stanford's offense was very grind. They grind you out. They didn't throw it a lot. They Obviously, their starting quarterback was out, so that didn't help. But they weren't a lot of explosive plays last week for Stanford, and that's going to be very different. Jaden Delora, the new freshman quarterback for Washington State's very mobile. Mario Cristobal talked about it a little bit in an interview earlier this week. He said they're going to look to get pressure on him early and keep him in the pocket. That's going to be really important. So it should be very different looking scheme on defense for the Ducks than last week as it's a much more explosive offense than the Cardinal. Yeah, and also something that I think is really essential for uh, the Ducks playing well is turnovers. I mean, obviously a little tough, like uh, the Ducks didn't really get any turnovers against um, Stanford. And as you say, with such an explosive and very different offense, I guess that like it is very important for Oregon to start getting those, whether they are interceptions or maybe recovered fumbles, because that is an, such an essential part of any like, good football scheme and I just think that maybe that is kind of like the big um, sort of like sticking point of last week's uh, game in terms of defense and I guess that it is just the most important thing to see next for the Wazoo game is how we are able to adjust this and how we are able to maybe get a little bit more turnovers or if Oregon on the contrary will still be successful even without turnovers being like a big part of like the way they play. Yeah, I think it's possible. Obviously they showed it last week. It's possible to win the game when you lose the turnover battle, but it's definitely a lot tougher and especially on the road. I think when you go on the road, field position is so important. So getting sacks, forcing punts or getting turnovers in Washington state territory, that could be a really big thing for the ducks and also for Shuck. You have a young quarterback. Like I said, it's first away start. So if you get him early and often with good field position, that can just help his confidence and just put the game in a much more comfortable spot for the Ducks. But if you let Washington State get going, get rolling, last week they averaged 8.2 yards per rush along with their, their quarterback and running back. So it's an impressive stat if they get the run game going early and they get the field position and the Ducks can't get turnovers, it could be a very different game, but it's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, totally. So 
Um, I think that maybe we could do some predictions for the game. So, first of all, I just think that it'll be a very close game. I guess that, like, the as you said earlier, the adage that Washington State always always do does and plays uh, Oregon really closely, I guess it'll stay the same, I guess, because, as you know, the two teams play very differently and there are a lot of things to see with regards to how the offensive plays and how the defense plays. But I think that it's just going to be like a really uh, tight game. I hope to see a little bit more of like the passing side of the offense. I want to see show maybe throw it a little bit longer. And I also want to see maybe a little bit more of like winning the turnover battle, as you say, but I think that maybe we could win by like a field goal or maybe even like just one touchdown. I guess that's my prediction. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a close game. Obviously it was close last year and Washington States had a lot of close games with the Ducks recently. I think I'm hoping the Ducks can pull out maybe a, a 10 point win, maybe 34, 24. I think both defenses are going to struggle a little bit. I think it'll be a, a relatively high-scoring affair, but it should be a great game overall. Um, now that we, we touched on last week's game and a little bit this week's game, I thought we could look forward a little bit and touch on Oregon's chances and just the Pac-12 overall at getting into the college football playoff. As we know, only four teams make it in, and right now there's not really a Pac-12 team that's close to getting in. And it's partially because the Pac-12 started so late. You have SEC and ACC, Big 12. They've been playing for quite a few weeks, whereas the Big 10 and Pac-12 started late. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how you think the effect of COVID cancellations could affect Pac-12 chances and Oregon's chances of getting into the playoffs. Because if you look at it, there were already a couple games canceled last week in the Pac-12. There was Cal versus Washington and then Arizona versus Utah, and Utah was in the Pac-12 championship game last year. So I think it's going to be very interesting. The Pac-12 already has such a short regular season that a canceled game could affect the chances of one team getting in a lot. So I wanted to, to touch on that and maybe get your perspective as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, I guess it's just kind of a little bit unfortunate that because of something that's not really in any team's control, obviously this kind of like affects how we're going to do in terms of the college football playoff. But obviously, I mean, I guess that, I mean, entry into the tournament is always a really big deal. I still think that maybe if we get a win streak or some team in the Pac-12 gets a win streak, they could be very competitive. Obviously, it's important to know that even like if with a very good record like entry is not assured as we saw last year we missed out by very little but I think that maybe it would be um, a good thing I think that obviously like the SEC uh, is a very powerful conference and it seems like maybe they're going to have multiple participants in the tournament this year but I still think that maybe uh, this conference and this team in particular has good chances if they're able to play well and beat opponents convincingly yeah, I think convincingly is a, is a really important word to use because it's going to take some luck. You already have, like you said, a couple SEC teams 
that could get in. You have Florida and Alabama that are both right there. So it's going to be interesting to see how that looks. Um, Alabama, I believe, had their game canceled this week. So that could be important. But again, they've already played six or seven games, whereas the Pac-12 teams have played one or in a few teams' cases, no games. So I think convincing wins is going gonna, is gonna to be really important, especially because right now Oregon and USC are the only Pac-12 teams ranked in the top 25. And strength of schedule is something that I think is going to be extra important this year when you have teams playing a very different number of games. You have a year like last year, and most teams are playing 13 or 14 games. So looking at their record is, is a good indication. But this year is going to be very different because – you'll have teams that play six games and you'll have teams that play 12 games. So strength of schedule is going to be important. And with the PAC 12 only having two ranked teams, it's going to be tough to get that strength of schedule up for Oregon because they might not play a top 25 team until USC in the PAC 12 championship game. So I think convincing wins is going to be really important as well as some luck at the top. We've already seen Wisconsin, who was a top 15 team, borderline top 10 they haven't played since October 23rd they only had one game their starting quarterback was out with COVID and then suddenly there was an outbreak amongst the team and so you have games like you have teams like that where they'll only have a six game season so I think we're seeing how the late start for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 is probably going to hurt them because SDC, ACC, and Big 12 teams can survive a cancellation game. They can survive a no contest, but I'm not entirely sure if these Pac-12 teams or Big 10 teams can. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, as you say, uh, a team is more than the record it, it got. I guess that last year is a pretty good indication of that. And I guess that it'll just be very interesting to see how this year happens but I think that even with all of that in mind, I think that maybe there is a case to be made. Like, obviously, I mean, the process of getting into the tournament is not perfect, as we've seen maybe with some years that it, different teams should have participated. But I think that even, even though we have to acknowledge, obviously, that, like, the late start maybe, like, help make it a little bit harder for Pac-12 or Big Ten teams to enter – I don't think that it'll be because those teams played or maybe didn't play as well. I guess that it shouldn't be on a t the team's fault that they did make it in. I guess it would be interesting to see. I think that we can contend at least for the Pac-12 championship this year and maybe like a good ball game maybe. I don't know if a New Year's Six is kind of out of the question, I guess. But I think that if we play well and if we just concentrate on – beating the opponents that we know we have and kind of like doing just the, the job that we have, I guess it's just going to be uh, put it on the hands of the committee that decides who makes it. And I guess that I just have to see, but I think that still with all that is happening and obviously how everything is kind of up in the air and things change very quickly that maybe we might get interesting surprises along the way. Yeah. I, I think we're definitely in for some surprises. The, as you mentioned, the committee has had some some controversial picks over the years, and it it would be interesting to see what a an undefeated Pac-12 champion would, whether that's Oregon or USC, if they would put them in over a, a one-loss SEC or 
uh, ACC team. It would be really surprising, I think, if an undefeated Ohio State doesn't get in. I think that's the Big Ten's best shot, and they're in the top four right now. So as long as they win out, they're in. But the Ducks or USC or, or anyone in the Pac-12 that's looking to go undefeated, definitely some chaos at the top is going to be needed, which we already got last week with Notre Dame beating Clemson. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, we can't see into the future, but I just think that it'll be kind of, like, really interesting to see. I guess that we'll just have to, like, um, I guess that we just have to, like, see how every team does and 